Bucks fans. How's everybody doing? Casey Phillips here with senior writer and editor Scott Smith. And it is time for Buccaneers Insider Live presented by Miller Lite. And as always, this is where we take all of your questions, everything that you want to know about your Buccaneers. And as we give people a chance to submit those questions in the comment section underneath the live Facebook video, I figured we'd talk about a couple of the signings that have been announced since our last one of these, uh, which it's both kicker Ryan Suckup and tackle Josh Wells. Uh, so I want to hear from you, those two signings and what they mean to this team. Well, starting with Ryan Suckup, I think we got a taste last year of what it was like not to be constantly worrying about your kicker, because I don't know if people realize how good that season was. It just kind of happened and you just got confident in him. And by the end of it, counting the playoffs, he made 37 of 40 field goals, 37 of 40, Casey. That's that's fantastic. And. I believe he made all of his kicks from inside 40 yards, which was the thing that Bruce Aarons really wanted. These coaches really want to know that when you get a gimme kick, you're going to make it. Now, a 39-yard field goal is not a gimme kick, but that's the ones they expect to make. So uh, it's just fantastic that he's back, too, with all the other players we've been able to retain. You probably weren't thinking about the kicker first, but that's a big big thing. And, And it'll be the first time, presuming nothing happens, it'll be the first time since 2011 and 2012 that the Bucks have started the season with the same kicker, which just shows you what we've been going through. So this is really good news. And tackle Josh Wells has really been a nice uh, reserve, uh, you know, third tackle for us. He Every time we've been without one of our starting tackles the last two years, he's started in their place and done a good job. So it, I think Bruce Arians really likes having veteran depth on the offensive line. So that was a nice resigning as well. Yeah, absolutely. And another piece of news that has come out since our last show 17 game season has become official and we know the Bucks are going to be playing on the road at the Colts. So uh, overall thoughts on this new format for the season, what it could mean for a team strategy wise, even player wise of just kind of all the implications for this of, of what it's going to look like now in the NFL. Yeah, I, I can't say I'm in love with it. I really like the symmetry of the 16 game season. Um, and I do worry about more wear and tear on players' bodies. And I know that it's still just 20 games because you're reducing the preseason to three, and that's fair. But the fourth preseason game, basically your veterans don't play at all, and they are going to play, presumably, in your 17th regular season game. So it is more work. Uh, as for how you uh, react to it or how you adjust to it, I think that's going to be something teams figure out along the way. I mean, four or five years from now, I think everybody will kind of be in a groove and know how to handle it. But this first year, I think you're going to be figuring it out along the way. And and is there some possibility that you rest some guys in a game? You know, there, there's always been the possibility they thought of play a 17 game season, but any given player can't play more than 16 games, but that's not part of the system. And so coaches probably aren't going to do that, especially with your quarterback. I mean, you're not just going to sit your quarterback, right? So, um, I don't know. I think you're going to figure out along the way. I, I do. I do worry about it a little bit in terms of the overwork of the players. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see about injuries. And I mean, who knows, maybe it gives you a little bit more time to get certain guys back from injuries, but then maybe it causes some other injuries. You never know on that. And then I think that it's always interesting to hear about the, the rookie wall, which there's a big debate about whether or not that's a real thing, but um, you know, I know I've heard, guys talk about how that was tough their rookie year to all of a sudden be playing so many more games than they're used to playing in college. And now it's even one more than that. And then the preseason to me is the part that might even be more interesting because of figuring out who's going to make your roster that that fourth preseason game makes a lot of decisions on roster spots and who earns them. So how do they maybe reallocate the playing time between three games? Is that third preseason game now like the fourth one was 
where you rest everybody or do you not have one like that now where you rest everybody in that same way? So I think that'll be really interesting to watch. Uh, all right, some of our questions that we have here, I saw a few different people asked, do you see us drafting a quarterback at number 32? Yeah, and, and I know why that topic is up now because Bruce Aaron spoke with the media yesterday, which was great because we got to hear his thoughts on a lot of things, including that particular question. And the answer essentially is it's not off the it's not out of the, out of question. It's not off the board. Um, it, but basically, it's going to be the same math at every in every round. You get to pick thirty two. You get to pick sixty four. You get to pick ninety five. And you have by that point five or six guys as your pick is approaching that you're contemplating that are the highest guys across your board. And the Buccaneers are in a very good position this year. And Bruce Arians is clearly happy about it to go best player available in pretty much every round if they want to. Um, so it's going to be, is there a quarterback in that group of five or six guys that's at the top of your board? And if so, is he the best value at that spot? And it's not out of question to guess, depending on upon how much you like a guy like Kellen Mond or Kyle Trask, I'm thinking that the value at the end of the first round is probably not going to be highest at quarterback. I think that'd be a more likely thing at 30 at 64 or 95 or later in the draft. Um, there's just going to be a lot of potential, potentially good edge rushers and defensive linemen and cornerbacks and even running backs available at 32 that are probably higher in, in on, on the board in their respective positions than the quarterback will be. That's, that's my opinion on it. And then I guess related to that, or maybe the follow-up to that, uh, Alan had asked, what do you think would be the most intriguing draft pick for us? So I guess maybe this is putting you in the, in the GMC for a moment. And if uh, who, who you would want to take at 32. Well, he said most intriguing. And um, I think we are much more intrigued by players that can do things with the ball in their hands than we are by a really good guard or a really good defensive lineman. So to me, the more the intriguing picks of 32 would be a running back like Najee Harris or Travis Etienne, um, or even a receiver. And I don't mean to say that I think receiver is the most likely position the Buccaneers would take at 32, but there could be some value there with, I don't know, a Kadarius Tony type, who's not just a receiver, but also potentially an electric return man, which is something the Buccaneers really haven't had for a very long time. And they're not easy to find. Uh, so to me, something intriguing would be something like that, where he could, you know, ease his way into a very crowded receiver field, but also make it an immediate impact as a special teamer on returns. And then we had several people ask us what's going on with Antonio Brown and Axel specifically had asked, is there cap room left to sign Antonio Brown? So what are all the aspects of what is happening with him? And then that kind of plays into what you talked about, about whether or not they would want to draft a wide receiver there. Uh, is there cap room? No. Is there cap room? Yes, there's always cap room. You can make cap room. Uh, the Buccaneers have demonstrated that multiple times in the last three or four weeks, um, especially with the fact that, you know, as we've discussed before, this is the perfect season to, to go along the idea of kicking cap hit down the road because the salary cap actually dropped this year instead of raising as people had anticipated a year ago. And it's expected to go up pretty significantly in the years to come due to the new media deals. So um, at the moment, if you go to one of those sites like Over the Cap or, or SpotTrack.com um, and you look at their list of cap space, we're way down there at the bottom. I think the last time the NFL put out its list of that, 
we were actually listed in the red, although it does have a little disclaimer at the top that says no teams are over the cap. This doesn't take into account possibly some recent deals. So uh, if we have any cap space at the moment, it's tight, but you can create more with restructuring deals. So if the Buccaneers and Antonio Brown uh, come to an agreement uh, on, say, a one-year deal, they'll figure out a way to get it done. So don't worry about that part of it. Um, all I can say about if Antonio Brown is coming back or not is uh, Coach um, Arians yesterday kind of not real specifically, but did say there had been off the table. So uh, I don't think that um, that his return is out of the question, but it certainly hasn't been, you know, but finalized at this point. Okay. Uh, and Nicholas had said, can I get a happy birthday, Ashton, for my son? He loves the Bucks. Happy birthday, Ashton. Happy birthday, Ashton. That is great. Uh, and then Rocky had said, what would be the Bucks' biggest need? So we, you talked earlier about the uh, most intriguing pick at 32 and, you know, whether or not we get to be in need versus want mode. But if we were based drafting based solely on need, what do you think it would be? Well, uh, again, happy birthday, Ashton. I it was a little quiet there with my first one. Um, uh, in needs, that's the thing. The Bucks don't are going into this, into this draft with any glaring needs. I think you have to look maybe a year or two down the road or at depth issues to really come up with a need. Um, I am of the opinion that you can never have enough options at edge rush or cornerback. Uh, I think I've said that cornerback one about a million times here. Um, you know, you look at a position where um, you can draft a guy, even though you already have that position filled, but since it's a rotation and, and nobody at that position plays every single snap, he can still help you right away. Like you wouldn't, I wouldn't say inside linebackers need because Devin White and Levante David are our two inside linebackers and they never come off the field. So if you drafted another one, barring injury, you would never get them on the field. However, if you took an edge rusher, you could easily fit him into the rotation. And if he proved to be, you know, really productive, he could get more and more playing time. And I do think this is a draft where the edge rushers, there's a good number of them, but none of them are your Bosa types, your Chase Youngs that people are going to take in the top five. And there's not a really huge consensus on who the best ones are and what order they're going to go. And I think there's an opportunity at the end of the first round for one or two of those guys to be there. And if the Bucks talent evaluators have found one or two that they like, to me, that would be a need in a way that you could go. Okay. Uh, this is maybe my favorite question we've ever received. Uh, Delvin asked uh, if, if you or I would be getting a championship tattoo like Bruce. I am pro tattoo. I like them. I don't have any of them because uh, I have to admit uh, a phobia here. I am absolutely deadly afraid of needles, um, which made the first half of my vaccine shot pretty traumatic last week. But um, so there's no chance I'm ever going to get a tattoo because I don't want to be anywhere around needles, but I like them and I like Bruce's. Yes. Yeah. Bruce's is incredible. I loved seeing that. I just was like, we have the coolest coach, man. I mean, mm -hmm. he's yeah, you, didn't answer the, you didn't answer the question though. Yeah, I was going to, I, so I'm also, you know, pro tattoo have no problems with them or anything, but yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I just know how much my taste in things changes and that I haven't even wanted the same picture on my wall for very long. So even though I would want to always remember us being Super Bowl champions, the odds that where, you know, wherever I got it, however it looked, all of those things that I'm just too ADD for a tattoo is essentially what I'm saying here. Um, I'm just instead going to have things like my Super Bowl football and helmet and things that I can have as a reminder that isn't a permanent tattoo, but props to Bruce. And I'm just glad that I had not made a similar promise 
like he did to have to fulfill that. But yeah, I'll just, I'll just be impressed with guys like him and Antoine Winfield. And I think I saw Tristan works is going to get one too. We'll just let them handle. And I can just have them show me occasionally their tattoo. I, I saw one person respond to the picture he posted on social media say, uh, that it looked like it was a little off center on his back, meaning that he sort of had left it open so that he could have a Super Bowl 56 tattoo symmetrically on the other side, if that were to happen. That's pretty great. I like that. That's enjoyable. Uh, and this is great. Daniel asked if we would both be at the draft party uh, at Ray J. And yes, yes, I, yes, we will be there. So I will be there. Uh, I think you're going to be there. <laughs> I'm answering for you. <laughs> News to me. I'm not usually there. Usually I'm working at one at um, the Advent well, Health you, Training. You usually come at the beginning for a bit and then you head over there, which is okay. what both of us do. I don't know how this is going to work with us picking so late now, because when we've had these other draft parties there, we've been picking a lot sooner. And so we were able to kind of do our draft party thing and then get back over to, uh, yeah. to Advent Health Training Center. So I don't really know how this is going to go. We, I, I know I will be there for for part of it. And I believe you're going to be there for part of it. Okay. Well, I'm looking forward to it because it's always a lot of fun. It is. It is always great. And it's going to be great to be able to be back there after not getting to do that. Um, last right. which is true. Um, all right. Richard asked if the bucks go back to back, which Super Bowl win would be more impressive the first or the second, the second one, because it's just so hard to do. Um, as we all know, nobody's done it since Tom Brady's Oh three Oh four Patriots. And, uh, you know, it seems like it used to happen a little more often with your Denver's and Dallas's and Pittsburgh's, but it's still, it's just so hard to win one and things have to go right. Also. I mean, you get, you need to get good injury luck. You need some things to bounce your way. You need some good fortune. And the Bucks certainly had that, like just about every Super Bowl champion ever has had. And so to, to have all that go right and to, perform well enough and to, to you know every win is difficult to do that twice in a row um just such an incredible feat that you can't ever predict so to me a second win would be even more impressive uh richard and i'm glad he brought this up we hadn't talked about this uh asked what do you make of all teams playing international games over an eight-year period well i mean i like it because it's you know that means you know if i'm around long enough that uh that's another trip somewhere and i i like the idea uh, the possibility, I don't, I don't think it's anything that's happening in the next couple of years, but maybe going to Germany, you know, that's a neat one. I've never been to Germany uh, or Canada. So, um, you know, we haven't had a real, real good experiences on the field in our London games. So it would be nice to have another shot to get some good memories across the pond. Um, I'm glad though, that actually I'm to address the question more directly. I'm kind of glad that it's more of a formalized thing now that every team is going to do it. And getting back also to that 17th game, um, I do like the fact that it's always going to be an interconference game. You know, instead of four games every year against the AFC, we have five. And that means there's a better chance of playing some teams that you haven't played for a very long time. And that's always very interesting. Yeah, that's a great point. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us on this edition of Buccaneers Insider Live presented by Miller Lite. Thanks, as always, for those amazing questions. And we'll see you next week. (laughs) 